Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Welcome back to another mini-episode. It's a mini-episode. This is where we talk to you guys about things that are happening in the news, particularly in the past week. Yeah, usually in the usually past week. Usually in the past week or so. Sometimes we update you. By the way, the government shutdown still going on. There's still going your on. update for Here's that. another update. The teacher strike is done. It is done. I am so relieved. Yeah. I cannot tell you. That paycheck I got was like A-plus paycheck. So that was great. But I'm like, my sanity is yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> And, I mean, I don't know all the details, but they did come to a pretty decent compromise. They did. Well, it was funny because T was actually the one that gave me some of the numbers. He was saying that the issues were that the middle schools were getting up to 50 students in a class. Which is insane. And he said they're going to drop it down to, like, 30. And he goes... That's still a lot. That is still a lot. Yeah. That is still a lot. Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember 30 or 35 in a classroom was, like crazy big. When I was really little and I went to Catholic school, we would have 30, maybe 31 students in our grade. Yeah, it's insane to have, because I remember I did have one class that was like 30 kids, but that was like huge. I probably did in high school. I think in high school I had about like 20 to 30 kids in a class. Oh, I, depending mine on was, the class. Mine was in elementary school, but we we also generally had like teachers assistants and stuff too. Yeah. Like there were it wasn't just a teacher in a classroom trying mm. to wrangle that many kids. Um but anyway, yes, the strike is over. The shutdown lingers on. I'm very nervous about traveling next month. Uh, as TSA are having to work, <laughs> yeah, uh, air traffic controllers having yeah, to work without getting paid good. right now. Um, very it's scary. Not good. Did you watch any of the Jimmy Kimmel like halfway through Trump's no thing? It was um, he did this whole like intermission of the Trump's presidency kind of thing. So mm-hmm. they did like song and dance and skits, and it was really great. It was Ugh. really funny. But it was like, no, we're all, we're halfway there. We got to look at the bright side. Jesus I guess. Christ. I know because we're like about at the anniversary of his inauguration. I yeah. think just past that. Yeah, it would be. It's the twenty first usually, right, of January. I think so. Yeah, yeah. and he because he made a joke about how it landed on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. That's so depressing. Awful. Um, okay, so what should we start with today? Um, mine's probably the worst. Jamie Kloss. Okay. Or, yeah. Or no, yours, can is, you yours top is the my worst. Worstness? No. Okay, so I'm gonna preface it by saying that the most recent articles have been talking about how uh, a company that donated twenty five thousand to the reward, the return of Jamie Kloss, that the money will most likely be going to Jamie since she escaped herself and pretty much saved herself. Right. So for people who are not familiar, particularly people who are not in the United States, but yeah. actually, I think that you and I are just inundated in like true crime communities. We've got this like like yeah. thing that goes off. Well, because a lot of people don't. A lot of she, Americans still don't know who Jamie Claus yeah, is. Yeah, she she's 13 years old. She was abducted in October of this year, and she was in captivity for nearly three months by this guy Jake Patterson, who's 21 years old. Um, he broke into her parents' home, 
killed both her mother and her father. Her mother killed her mother in front of her. Right. Too. Yeah. Like her just, and her mother were together. They were hiding in the bathroom. They had barricaded it down. He broke in. He killed her mother. Took Jamie with her or with him. And um, this one thing. So he put her in the trunk of the car. But before he went and actually took her, he did a few things to kind of like prepare for this. He shaved his face and head so he would leave no forensic evidence. He stole plates for his car from someone else's car and switched them. He disconnected his car's dome lights to conceal his appearance and he cut the cord that could unlock the the trunk from the inside. Right, and it should be said also that there was a lot of speculation going around, a lot of victim blaming in the beginning because, um... Jamie was missing and both of her parents were murdered. And so mm-hmm. there was a lot of speculation as to whether or not maybe she was involved. Mm. Um, if this was a relationship with someone that she met online or, you know, a, a lot of things like that wow. going around. Um, granted, things like that have happened in the past. Yeah, that makes me think of Gypsy Rose. Yeah, or, you know, there was Jasmine, what's her name, from Canada, who, mm-hmm. who did that, met, like, she was 12, and she met, like, a 23-year-old, and yeah. they killed her family together. Yeah. Um, it does not sound like this it, is, it is what not, happened. It is not yeah. what happened. He saw her getting yeah. on a bus Yeah, and he was obsessed. driving to school, yeah, yeah and he, and she was getting on the bus, and the, the CNN article that I read actually made it seem like he was stopped behind the yes, bus. Yes, that's what I've heard as well. Yeah, and saw and her saw get her. on. Oh, okay. In my head, it was like, she you could see her in the back window or something. I don't know. But he said, like, this is the girl I'm going to take in his head. He said that. So, and one thing that I wanted to say, because she was in the trunk of the car, I think I learned this on My Favorite Murder, but, she, but they said that, or no, I didn't learn this on My Favorite Murder. I read an article where they say, you should be able to kick through the lights oh, yes. from the inside of the mm-hmm. car, reach your hand out, and start waving like crazy. Yeah, that's what I've heard as to well. To attract, because mm-hmm. that is such, I, I've talked about this before, I have such an extreme fear of being taken. I always have. Or like just walking alone at night. Like I always feel like someone's going to jump out and take me for, for yeah, some reason. Yeah, especially older vehicles. They say, I don't know so much about like newer cars where there's yeah. a bunch of different, you know, safety features or whatever. Although some newer cars have the pool on the inside uh-huh. that you can they open can get the yourself trunk. Out. You can get yourself out. Um, Which it sounds like he could have disabled that too, possibly. Yeah, you know, like it's something you could disable. In older cars, you can either kick out the um, lock or in some older cars, you can kick out the light. Yeah, and so, just start waving like crazy to get yeah. someone's attention. So he actually attempted twice before going to her house, and he either saw um, lights on and people inside or um, saw the car in the driveway and got scared off. And she was asleep in her bed with her dog when this happened, too. And the dog, Molly, woke her up, and all these horrible things happened. He took her back to his house, and he lived in this, like, cluttered you know, awful, like, one-bedroom house and kept her under his bed. I thought there were other people living in that house as there well. There weren't. They, he said, what I read on CNN was that it was his house, but then he, like, people would come over. Oh, I mean, okay. maybe they didn't mention roommates or anything like that. It sounded like he lived by himself. But she was to be kept under the bed whenever people were around. And then, like, when his dad would come visit, he would turn the radio on to, like, muffle her hmm. if she made any noise. So he would That's put, bold. like, very... Well, he got really cocky, too, because he kept a gun by the front door for a while, thinking the cops were going to come in, and then eventually was like, I don't need this anymore. So he would keep her under the bed with, like, uh, like grocery bags full of stuff and barbells and all these things and kind of enclose her in. And she had tried to get out a couple of times, and he had said bad things would happen if you tried to leave. So on day 87 of her 
<clears throat> of her captivity, he decided to apply to a nighttime warehouse job at a liquor distributor, and he told Jamie that he would be gone for a few hours. Jamie shoved the bins and the weights from the bed, unlocked the door to the snow, wearing nothing but pajamas and her captor's sneakers that were on the wrong feet. So this woman, Jeanne Nutter, was walking her dog when she saw Jamie, and Jamie came up to her and said, I'm lost, and I don't know where I am. I need help. Nutter recognized her, and Jamie confirmed her identity, saying, I'm Jamie. Well, it was also really beneficial that the person that she ran into was a social worker. So oh. she knew exactly what to do. She was like, we're too close to, um, to where I found her. So yeah. instead of taking her back to her own house, which she was went, nearby... She went to a neighbor's house. She went to a neighbor's house. Yeah, and she said, grab a weapon to these people. She's like, call 911, grab a weapon. So the the wife of the house called 911, and the husband like grabbed a gun and stood by the door. And um, the 911 dispatcher just kept saying, like, are you sure this is her? Are you sure this is her? She's like, yes, I'm sure. She said that I'm Jamie... Uh, why can't I think of her last name right now? Kloss. I'm Jamie Kloss. I want to say Klosser for some reason. <laughs> I'm Jamie Kloss. I'm Jamie Kloss. So the dispatcher calls the deputy sheriffs. They're on their way. And I, it's blurry to me as whether Jamie was in the car when this happened or if they were on their way to get her. But they saw the red Taurus that Patterson was driving. Of course, he went home, realized she wasn't there, started freaking out, saw the pr- footprints in the snow, went to go hunt her down. So the cops pull him over and when they open the door, the first thing he says is, I did it. Wow. So he just completely, like, was like, yep, up. caught me. Mm-hmm. And now Jamie lives with her aunt and is reunited with her dog, Molly. Aww. That, like, I know. that was the it's... first article I read was about her and her, like, connection to her dog and how she was reunited with her dog. And I was like... <laughs> yeah. It truly has the best ending it possibly could have. Yeah. Um, of course, it's still a tremendous tragedy. She's gone through massive trauma and lost both of her parents. Mm-hmm. Um which you will probably never completely recover from. Mm -hmm. But at least another silver lining, if you can call it that, is that they at least have not released that she suffered any sexual trauma. Yeah, so that's that's what I was looking for, and they haven't haven't spoken of that. Um, The details about what what her day-to-day life was actually like while she was in captivity hasn't been released yet. But... um, We can cross our fingers and hope that at least, given everything that she's already suffered, I know um, that that's Honestly, not something though, else she's ever. No, it wouldn't surprise it me. It like he has this infatuation with her. Where right. It, it reminded me a lot of like J.C. Lee Dugard and Elizabeth oh, Smart. I mean, anytime you take a twelve or thirteen year old girl, like yeah, it, there's there's something most in it likely that's, there's a sexual motivation there. Yeah. Well, Jake Patterson faces two charges of intentional homicide along with kidnapping and armed burglary counts, and he is being held on a $5 million bail. I'm surprised he's being held on bail at all. I mean, he'll never make a $5 million bail, but it seems like he should just be held without bail. Yeah. So hopefully... um, Oh, the company... That donated the $25,000 reward is a company called Hormel Foods, which worked with Jenny O. Turkey, which is where her parents worked. And Hormel Foods is actually a Minneapolis company because um, where she's from, Barron, Wisconsin, is like right next to Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. It's just over the border. Yeah. Um, And so they were the ones who donated the money and they really want to give it to her. So. Right. Yeah. Because there was I think there was a petition online that was just like, hey, you were going to give this money to whoever saved Jamie Kloss while she saved herself. Yeah. So you should give her this money to restart her life. I think that, you know, no money is ever going to fix 
what she went through, but I think that that money could, you know, she could put it toward college. She could put it toward right. She doesn't rebuilding have her life parents anymore, yeah. and she's living with an aunt who probably wasn't expecting to have, you an- know, another mouth to feed. Right, or, exactly. You know, the added so, expense of another child, so yeah, they can they really use that money need the help. Yeah, so yeah, I really totally. hope that everything. You know, it's hard to say. I hope everything works out because clearly, you know, her life is never going to be the same. Right, but I hope that she can at least find some form of peace and happiness and the fact that she has her dog you know that's something for me that like just I get choked up every time I talk about it because it's like if I had if I even just go through a bad day and I come home and Dorothy's there there's just something about having that animal with you that makes everything feel better Mm -hmm. so um okay so hey what do you got this is also terrible good in a different way than that is terrible but um the Supreme Court accepts Trump's word that trans troops are a threat to national security. So this is, that's the headline from a Daily Beast article written by Jay Michelson. Uh-huh. And there was talk earlier uh, last year about a trans ban yeah. on the military and yeah. not allowing trans people to be active duty military. Because, I guess... Before that, so before like 2016, I think, sometime before 2016, it was really like a don't ask, don't tell policy Yeah. in regards to trans people. There really hadn't been any reports of it being an issue. Uh-huh. It was something that you could be discharged for, I guess, yeah. technically in the military. But as to my knowledge, there weren't really any cases of that happening. And mm-hmm. there were trans people who were serving active duty military without any issues. Then in 2016... Obama was like, you know what, we're going to go ahead and make this recognized within the military and just say straight up that trans people can serve in the military. Yeah. And that um, just like any other health expense, anything related should, medically should to their supported. transition will be supported by um, military health funding. funding. Yeah. Yeah. So he kind of put that into place. And then, of course, Trump being Trump, really, it just seems to me... He's being very vindictive in anything that Obama set up him wanting to tear down because there's no medical reason. There's no real threat to national security, which is what Trump is saying. He's saying that that this is a threat to national security somehow. Trans people are somehow a threat to national security. Um, I don't really know what his reasoning is behind that. I would guess it has something to do with hormonal imbalances. I don't get it. Um, It just reminds me of when Caitlyn Jenner was all pro-Trump. And now it's like, look, look. Like, well, and here's the thing about Caitlyn Jenner, and we can talk about her uh, another time. But she's like, a trip. she's extremely problematic because mm-hmm. she. I remember when this came out, and other anti-trans things came out in this administration. Caitlyn Jenner was so shocked and angry, yeah. and made like a Instagram video that was like, "We trusted you, and I trusted you, and I vouched for you, and I can't believe yeah. you're doing this to my community." And it's like, okay. So because they're now doing things that affects your community in a negative way, which, of course, they are. This yeah. shouldn't have been a surprise to you in the well, first place. Well, because she knew that Trump was against gay marriage. She had this whole discussion with Ellen on her show about how, right. you know, she kind of agrees with him. It was right. really upsetting. It's, it's, it's very upsetting. And so it's very... It's something that she should have been expecting regardless. Yeah. But even if she wasn't, even if for some reason she thought that he would uphold the rights of trans people, 
he was already stepping all over the rights of everyone else. Yeah. So for you to come out and, and be, be shocked. horrified yeah. that he could... Di- like, you don't give a shit unless it affects you personally. Yeah, because um, she, she's so privileged, which you is, know? Which is really fucked and up. And she's also lived her life as a very privileged white man before. Right. You know, yeah, so... Yeah, it, so it's, it's very... Um, she yeah she's a trip but yeah so they voted in a 5 to 4 split on the supreme court to uphold this ban essentially mm-hmm. that Trump has put on transgender people in the military 5 to 4 so you can guess what that split was yeah. uh Brett Kavanaugh and it it does beg the question <sighs> what would this have been like if someone else had been on the supreme court yeah. and it also does beg the question what are the ramifications for not only trans people, but other people in the LGBTQ community moving forward um, now that we do have a very clear view with Kavanaugh having voted this way on on this decision. What things will look like in the future. So right now, um, again, there's there's no evidence to back up that transgendered people are in any way a threat to national security. And you know that if there was proof that they were... It's a threat to his masculinity and his pride. You know, like, he doesn't doesn't understand those people, which I don't want to use that term, but he doesn't understand them. So for him, it's wrong and it shouldn't be part of what's representing our country, which is awful. And I think it's also, like... It's a threat to his pride because it's something that Obama put into place. Totally. And he is going to do the vindictive thing just the same way that Reagan took down. So when Jimmy Carter became president, sweet, sweet Jimmy Carter, (laughs) when he became president, he did something amazing. He put solar panels on the White House. Mm -hmm. When Reagan became president, right after Jimmy Carter, the first thing he did was take Take those solar panels. panels. And it makes no sense because, like, what... There's no reason to do that except some kind of, like, weird macho masculinity power trip thing that you're just like, we don't need solar panels, your stupid fucking hippie solar panels or whatever. (laughs) And Trump is doing the same thing. It's like anything Obama built, he wants to tear down. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is no proof that transgendered people have any bearing um, negatively on national security. And in fact, what it's looking like now is there are 9,000 active duty transgendered people in the military currently. And if those people were to be discharged, that has a bigger effect on our national security. Because you're taking away all of those people who are in the military, who are helping to protect. Right. Who, yeah. And doing a good job of it. A yeah. lot of them are, they're highly praised military members. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a big problem. And they basically said that the only way that they can stay in is if they revert back to their assigned at birth gender. Oh, my God. Or sex, rather. Biggest eye roll. And I think that there was another way that they could stay in. But there were only, like, two... Neither one of them was very appealing. That's evil. It's terrible. That is it's terrible. evil. And it's, it's terrible in another way because it's like... Where I grew up and in, like, the time and place and culture of, like, the Midwest, especially during um, times of war. Yeah. When I grew up, joining the military, if you were a low-income person, was possibly the only way you had to advance yourself. Yeah. If you couldn't afford to go to college, joining the military was a way you could advance yourself. Yeah, a girl that I babysat for when I was younger, that's what she's doing. She's going into the military to be able to support herself financially because she doesn't really have any other option. Right, and it sucks that that is 
maybe the only option you have, yeah. but it should be an option for you. And to strip that away from people, to limit the it's options. It's so un-American. It's so un-American, and it's also like we're limiting the options of people who already have limited options, possibly because yeah. of their because of their sexuality. Yeah. So that sucks. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> That's well, it on that. fuck. Okay, we're going to get into some lighter stuff. I have learned that Spotify is going to be implementing a uh, mute artist feature. <gasps> right? Have you heard about this? No. Oh, let me tell you all about I love when I have something that you haven't heard of. Tell me, tell me. It makes me really happy. <laughs> um, so Spotify is getting ready to launch a block feature to mute artists you don't want to listen to. Uh, it's being tested on the latest iOS app. It blocks songs from the artist, uh, from your library, your playlist, the chart list, and even radio stations on Spotify. So if you block one artist, it's not like it's just going to be from your library. song list, mm-hmm. your library. It's going to be blocked any way that you listen to Spotify, which I think is really cool. Um, it doesn't apply yet to the songs that the artists are featured on. Okay. Um, which that algorithm would be more difficult. It'd be more difficult, yeah. But And and it hasn't launched yet. They're still kind of working on it. But this article that I read on TheVerge.com, they got like a sneak preview of it. And mm-hmm. I guess if you have the latest version of iOS, you can kind of uh, preview it as well. Um, as soon as I read that, I was like updating my phone. Yeah, right now. So Spotify recently removed R. Kelly from its curated playlist with, you know, the whole mute R. Kelly. So did they completely remove R. Kelly from they, Spotify? They did. But, okay, good. Um, but, okay, so they removed R. Kelly from its curated playlist, but it did very little as the singer's music was still available to stream. So so they were able to take him off of all of, like, their playlists. Like 90s R&B playlists and yeah, things like but, that. Yeah, but the, it, they it wasn't able to completely get rid of him altogether. But what I like is that it's, it's still giving people the choice because I feel like if it was just, like... I mean, I would personally be fine if they were like, yep, we're just getting rid of them. It's fine. Whatever. All these people who are I think assholes, that, right. we're I just going to they... get rid of them. But I like that they're giving people the choice because as we talk about, not necessarily with our Kelly, but as we talk about a lot with anything problematic, there are certain lines that we draw for ourselves on what we choose to listen to and not listen to. Right. I was reading a list on Out.com of some of the people that they felt should be muted. And like one of them was like Justin Timberlake. For hmm. the whole Super Bowl thing, hmm. okay, I think which I think is stretching. It I think a it's a bit. reach. I think that's a reach. Yeah, yeah, it's they're reaching a bit. So for me, it's like I like that they are giving people it, with their own volition to be able to choose who they are and aren't going to listen to. I, I agree, especially with someone like R. Kelly, where it can be triggering for you yeah. um, to hear his music, or it can be triggering well, for yeah, some people. Spotify too. It's like if you're listening to something similar and then your playlist ends. Oh or whatever, yeah, it will it'll just, just go on. Go to on to the next thing, thing. Um, but. I do wish Spotify... I know that they can figure out a way to remove yeah. R. Kelly entirely and from I think, Spotify. And I think that they will. But I think that it's if a good you're step. looking beyond R. Kelly right, and you're just looking step. at things in general, I think it's a really great step. Um, I Totally, think, yeah. And, you know... Yeah, because, I mean, for me, for instance, I would love to mute Chris Brown. Like, I don't want to listen to his music. Yeah, yep. I don't want to listen to his music. I don't like it when it comes up in mixes for me. Yeah. Um, and it does very often. Uh-huh. So oh my God, I was at the nail salon the other week with Haley and we were watching 
some interview with some young teen star and they were like, who's your like favorite artist? Who's your inspiration? She goes, Chris Brown. And I'm like, Honey, what? No. She's like 13. She probably doesn't even remember. Still. But I'm like, what? Still. That looks bad for you, girl. Well, did you that. hear about Millie Bobby Brown? The um, Yeah, sticking up for the guy on, on you. you? Oh, it's very unsettling. I've heard heard she as a person is a little bit unbearable. No, I'm not surprised by that. I think that most, I think most child doctors are probably a little unbearable. Um, But at the same time, it makes me very concerned for her that... She's also like a UNICEF ambassador and like is all about like for the kids and things like that. And she's like, he's just in, I haven't seen the show, so I don't know. No, no. He's just in love. He actively stalks her and, spoiler alert, kills people. Like, he's not, it, it, that's not an example of a healthy relationship, no. and somebody should take her aside and, like, let her know that mm-hmm. now. Um. <laughs> Yishka! Yes. Yeah, so I thought you should all know that. So if there's anyone that you want to mute on your Spotify... Have at it. Have at it. Free do for it. all. Yeah, totally. I'm going to probably do it with Chris Brown. I'm going to do it with Chris Brown 100%. I have songs still on my library of his from, like, years ago when, like, I still knew what was going on, but I wasn't as, like, gung-ho about, like blocking all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. I feel like the more I've learned, the more I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really have any tolerance for that anymore. Right. So that'd be a good way instead of me going through my like thousands of songs, just right. kick yeah. them out of there. No problem. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I have one last thing. We're probably going to go over 30 minutes because there's a little bit to talk about on this one. Cool. Because Kamala Harris has announced that she will be running in 2020. Yes. <sighs> yes. But. Okay. Because. Tell me all the buts. I was like excited mm-hmm. when I found out she was running. I put a thing up on our in our Instagram story. It seems yeah. like the majority of people were excited because I had them rate like how excited they were. Yeah. Um, and overwhelmingly people tell seemed me, to be excited about it. Tell me why I shouldn't be excited. I want to know. I came across this. A friend of mine had written uh, had posted this thread, this Twitter thread on her page. Okay. And so then I read it and then I did some of my own research. So This is from at Blake Don't Crack on Twitter. She says, Kamala Harris made her career by locking up black people in the Bay Area. Her her track record consists of terrorizing black communities through the prison industrial complex. She then became the top cop of California. Her track record consists of rampant anti-blackness. I take back Um, my yes already. Well, well, hold on. Hold on, because it is is multifaceted. It's it's, it's a tentative yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Kamala Harris has an even worse track record than Obama, which I'm not sure what that means. Yeah. Her career was spent defending and strengthening the prison industrial complex, which is nothing short of modern-day slavery. The state of California was ordered to reduce prison overcrowding, and Kamala Harris argued against it, largely because the state would lose a low-wage workforce. She literally fought to maintain prison slavery. Not only did she fight to maintain prison slavery, she also fought legislation that would require her to investigate the brutal executions of black folks by the police. Kamala Harris announcing her run for presidency on MLK Day is truly disrespectful to King's legacy and is a spit in the face of the black radical tradition. Her announcing on MLK Day is propaganda. It's meant to fool black people that she's actually for us. Kamala Harris is also anti-sex work. She repeatedly sued Backpage despite many sex workers advocating to keep badge pa- black Backpage as it kept them safer than being on the streets. Mm-hmm. Kamala Harris started her career doing the tough on crime era, the same era in which Hillary Clinton called black people super predators and that they must be brought to heel. 
Well, it was Kamala Harris who was bringing black people to heel in Oakland and San Francisco. Kamala Harris is an example of a black person weaponizing their black identity to excuse the violence they have committed against the black community. Take Kamala Harris's race away from the equation and judge her by her actions. Her actions are those of a white supremacist. So this kind of like goes on a little bit. So I did some research of my own because I was like, that all sounds very, very bad. Yeah. And what I found was it's kind of full of contradictions, her past. Got it. It's very full of contradictions. So this is from a um, Vox article. Yes. This is from a Vox article. And it says, A close examination of Harris's record shows it's filled with contradictions. She pushed for programs that helped people find jobs instead of putting them in prison, but also fought to keep people in prison after they were proved innocent. She refused to pursue the death penalty against a man who killed a police officer, but also defended California's death penalty system in court. She implemented training programs to address police officers' racial biases, but also resisted calls to get her office to investigate certain shootings. So she's kind of you know, all... You know what this reminds me of? Hmm. And, of course, my mind goes to, like, Hamilton references, where it's like, if you stand for nothing, what will you fall for? Right. And it's like, she isn't standing on either side, which, to me, makes her seem like she's so easily malleable that she's not going to have her convictions enough to be president. That's my concern. What, what my concern was... And listen, they go into this Vox article about why she might be this way. She was a woman and a woman of color um, in a law enforcement capacity in the tough-on-crime era. And I'm sure that she didn't want to seem like she was being biased by being black. Um, And I'm sure she didn't want to seem like she was being soft because she's a woman. So I'm sure that that was difficult. Um, But what it looks like to me is that she's willing to fall on either side of a line depending on what is popular at the moment and what will... She kind of reminds me of Hillary Clinton. Right, right. Because she wants wants to be president. Yeah. I would love love for her to make a statement about some of her past. She has. She has. She's come out and said that she's made some regrettable choices in the past. She's also come out and said that some of these decisions, like um, some of the ones where her office kind of protected or shielded officers from being investigated um, and things like that, she says that these decisions were not hers. They were people in her offices that she wasn't aware of until later, which I believe, but also in this Vox article, they say um, she could have implemented changes in her office to make herself more hands-on, but by doing that, she also would have made herself more of a target, whereas, if anything, went wrong. When she wants to keep her job. Right, because this way, she can conveniently say, and it be truthful, that she didn't know about, like, some of the things that were happening, but she's still ultimately responsible for those things. She is, and that's the thing, is it's like, you're neither ever good nor evil, but I feel like with the current standing of our nation, that we need somebody with very strong convictions of good. Right, right. And I think that we are headed more in that direction because, I mean, I'm going to link this Vox article in our show notes. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely think it's worth giving a read because they yeah. do outline very clearly she did do a lot of really good things, right. too. Like, a lot of really, really good things. But the fact that she's wishy-washy makes right. me feel uneasy. And we're moving into an era of a new politician. We're moving into an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez era era of politician where they are very strong on their convictions. They don't really care. And that makes me feel excited. I don't want to... Exactly. I don't want it to be another 
Hillary instance where I'm like, well, I guess I'll vote for her. Right. I think Kamala you know? is kind of an example of an old school politician who has played by the rules to get herself this far. But the rules right. are changing now. They are. Um, and the only other thing I wanted to touch on with Kamala is that I did read up on her anti-sex work stuff. Yeah. And it is concerning as someone who knows people who worked in sex work. It's a lot of this Fostra stuff where they tried to shut down like Backpage and other ways, avenues for independent sex workers to safely yeah. um, practice sex work. You know, Trump was behind a lot of this stuff and so was Kamala Harris in saying that she's conflating sex trafficking with sex work. Yeah. And in doing so has put a lot of active independent sex workers' lives at risk. Yeah. So I know that that's a big issue. Um, and so that kind of leads us into... We got some listener feedback. Yay! Mail, which is really great. So this is from Jody. Jody asked us some questions for our Ask Me Anything. She's the one who gave us our first set of questions, so she also asked about uh, sex work in general. Yeah. And she wrote us and said, Hey, ladies, just a quick note to say I love the anniversary episode and thank you for answering my questions. The answer regarding sex work was the most simple yet impactful explanation I have ever heard. So thank Aww. you. Yeah. So thank you and your friend Keegan for providing uh, a new perspective. As I mentioned before, this is a subject the political party I'm a member of debates a lot, and I've never heard anyone talk about sex work in this way before. It's always focused on the buying, quote unquote, mm -hmm. of a person. I shall definitely be building out my opinion around this stance going forwards and seeing if I can help to shape our policies on this subject so they are more empowering. Thank you again and rage on. Oh my god! Yay! That's so sweet. Whenever yeah. we get any sort of positive messages, it like makes me want to start crying. I know. Whenever someone's like, "You said this, and it made me it affected do me in a positive way," and I'm like, "Stop, really? Stop!" Oh yeah. my god, what? People so, hear this? That's crazy. I know. <laughs> so thank you so much, Jody. It really uh, we really appreciate it when we get positive feedback yes, like that, and we really liked your questions. Too. Yes, we really yeah, you had really it. wonderful, insightful questions. How much fun was that episode? It was just fun. In general. Yeah, it was a good time. That was so much fun. Yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed it. We'd be very curious to hear what you guys thought of that episode because yeah. it was so out of format for us, you yeah. know, and different for us to do. Uh, so let us know. Let us know if you liked it or not. Yeah, if we should do it for next year's anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Woo all right, you guys. So you can follow us on Instagram. If you have any messages that you want to send to us, you can send them there at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can also send us an email at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. It helps us so much. And we really, really, really appreciate it. It's so great. Um, we are featured on, what is it called? The Indie List? Indies of, to Watch or something like that. On Radio Public. Mm -hmm. So that means you guys have been listening on Radio Public. And that means the world to us. So keep listening there tell your friends to listen on there on their phones it helps us so much and we're so happy to be on that list um oh we have a twitter you can follow us at yamf podcast y-a-n-f podcast you didn't harmonize with me this sorry time. you're like y-a-n-f listen i'm starting to feel a little bad that we keep telling people to go check out our twitter because i'm like for what, for like, what? <laughs> i mean if you don't have an instagram you can follow us on twitter and then basically get the same information that's going to be a late new year's resolution for me to post at least once a week yeah something yeah okay listeners keep me to it please I think oh, that's it. no, we have a Facebook group. Oh, yeah, wow. Facebook page, My Facebook group. My brain is scattered. Yes, we have a business page. We have a group. Please use it because, you guys, there's a great community out there of everybody who listens, and we can all support each other and be lovely. It's great. So with all that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. on. Bye. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.